Victory Lap because he samples that song, like the chords from it. He had to go tell a lie to some of the person who sampled that song. <laughs> nah, he said apparently when Jay Z cleared the sample for that, he cleared it for all the hip hop. Really? So you don't have to go through the person who originally owned that sample to clear it. You just have to go to Jay Z. Wow. And if Jay Z clears it for you, then. Because you're probably. I mean, did, 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 did they clear? Is like, did they clear it for hip hop, or did they? Oh, they give Jay Z the keys to the gate. Yeah, I think it's more. Jay Z probably just told that. people that too. I mean, that's, that's possible. <laughs> believe what you want to believe. But yeah, uh, 98. Jay-Z wasn't... I remember people distinctly saying, especially in the South, because I know a lot of people didn't know. Yeah, like, help yourself. Pick a flavor that you like. This, this, this. Pick they got cherry, they got grape. <laughs> <laughs> See, listen, when Black white claws cherry, get a grape... Yeah, black cherry, black cherry's great. Basically. It's the white, it's the white version of grape. I'll try this. This is salsa, right? Yeah. yeah. Before then, before Hard Knock Life hit, Jay Z wasn't big in the South. He was big in New York. He had respect in the boroughs, but it wasn't like a, you know that. But then he dropped Hard Knock Life, and it's like, oh shit. He, he went global. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what took Jay Z to the next level. Because I think I want to say, because like there was there was an entire album where there what just wasn't any singles. Yeah, I want to say, um, yeah, I think. Volume two sold like three hundred thousand first week, and you can push most of that for the Sanders. Like, oh yeah, then that's when we came. Like, oh yeah, Jay Z's like the biggest rap star on the planet. Yeah, what was it? Uh, in my lifetime, volume one. No, yeah. I, I don't. I don't recognize. I didn't recognize any of those songs. <laughs> None of them. And then uh, speaking of J- on on volume three, uh, coming that song, come and get me. Jay Z raps about how Def Jam was talking about dropping him. And the whole time, like he's, you know, he's he's getting anxious, he's getting scared. Like he's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna have to go back to the streets. Yeah. The whole ending verse is him just rapping about I got guns everywhere because you niggas coming to get me, come and get me. I got heat for all you niggas. And he starts a solo song about like, yeah, man, Def Jam thought he was about to drop me till Volume Two drop. Now I'm the biggest star on the planet. Now everybody on my head. But yeah. Yeah. I my dad my dad actually had um. Volume three, and I actually took the time to listen to that album. And I was, I was, I was, to be honest, I was severely disappointed when I listened to that album. I was yeah. like, because I expect, because like, because I my my image of Jay Z, mm-hmm. I realized coming going back and listen to his uh, his catalog on Spotify, I realized my me knowing Jay Z is basically um, the Black Album. Because yeah. like I was like I was I wasn't really. It's like I listened to it when I was a kid. I listened to the radio, but I wasn't really aware of music because I, I remember when um, you know, girls, girls, girls came mm-hmm. out. Um, what else? Um, H, maybe H, H to the, the Izzo. H to the Izzo was big. Like I remember, it was like it's like those you know it's, it's kind of like with those songs where you know they're out mm-hmm. because like when I think back on my childhood, I always thought every I thought everything was old. Like if I heard a song, it's old. I never I was not really aware of like a song just came out. So when I when I go back and, and uh, look at the dates that these songs were out, I realized those songs were new. So I'm like, you know, new at the time. Yeah. So I, I re- my knowledge of Jay Z is basically from the Black Album, and the Black Album is all singles. Yeah. So, so me think me thinking about Jay Z doesn't even have those those the songs that came out before that don't even don't even register to me. So, so, so you say you don't recognize a single song from Imaginary from uh in my, in my time time one? One? no not the, one Imaginary Players no that might be my favorite no because I never because I never really I never went ba- I never went back and listened to Jay Z. Yeah, well, if you go back and listen to Imaginary Players, that whole song's a diss to Mace. 
Really? Yeah. I think I think I think when I when when I know when I noticed that um that it was on all platforms, I I actually did listen to that song because Mm -hmm. I think the title I think the title of that song I recognize from people just talking about it. Um but I I never really listened to anything. So it may I guess it really just makes me think about how I perceive Jay Z as like one of the greatest rappers alive when I go back and listen to his catalog and I can't really I can't I can't really resonate with it. I feel you. It's, it's possible that I need to actually listen, actually from the first, because I listen to Reasonable Doubt. I, I like Reasonable Doubt. I, for sure, I know that I like Reasonable Doubt. But the other ones that came after that, I just, it just didn't, it just doesn't, it just doesn't resonate. Is, is, it, is it because, like, he was considered, like, a, was he, like, a street rapper? Yeah, he was a street rapper. Uh, even Reasonable Doubt, uh, a lot of that album was produced by Ski. Ski Beats. Yeah, Ski Beats, who actually went on to produce Pilot Talk and Pilot Talk 2 for Currency and Pilot Talk 3. Little, uh out there but yeah uh, and reasonable <clears throat> doubt jay-z was the mafioso dude he was the boss he was the kingpin whatever but at the same time Nas was the street was was talking about rapping about what's going on in the streets the biggest rapping about what's going on in the streets jay-z wasn't necessarily rapping about that on on uh reasonable doubt so then in my life he was too far ahead of these niggas yeah, essentially and so i'm so far ahead of my time so then on, in my wait, lifetime, wait 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 they still had um uh the firm junior mafia yeah, it, it was like that was I guess that was the the whole the whole mob uh, yeah, the mafia. whole mob thing. I think I think around that I think around that time is when that I guess like that sort of like switch into that because like hip hip hop wasn't I, I don't believe I don't know if I'm correct or incorrect I don't I don't believe hip hop was like there was like always like gangster like gangster rap in New York mm-hmm. but I guess because New, you know it's New York gangster rap. They're aware they have like, they have the mafia. Yeah, there. they so get mob ties. They, out have, there. they have they you know they're just tied to the mafia. So they get the eventually, eventually when hip hop reaches a certain level in money, that's who that's in New York. That's who the new had like it, like it's like in the seventies. That's who had like the uh, like the player like player money. Mm-hmm. Like um, when when you look at like when you look at like pimps had money. Drug in the eighties, drug dealers had money. But like in the seventies, when a lot of these, uh, a lot of the rappers were, uh, I guess, like they were kids. They like if you were out in the cities, you would see that the people who had money were the Italian gangsters, the mafia. You would see that them. So when yeah, they knew when they when they when they got of age, and they were also getting money because hip hop became a hip hop actually became like more like way more profitable profitable mm-hmm. in the nineties. That could have that kind of like persona kind of like uh, was I don't want to say birthed, but it was kind of like it got. <clears throat> more mainstream of like being rapper yeah. mafia and also at the same time size. you have all the movies coming out you have Scarface which isn't about the Italian mob but it's the becoming a boss it's the American dream you know you, wrote, you literally an immigrant came from nothing became the biggest drug dealer in the world lived the lifestyle he always wanted to live and went on in the blaze of glory literally right so you had uh, Scarface come out around around this time you had Goodfellas you had God, Godfather all three parts so you have all these different mafia movies that's also influence has plays a big influence on like just rappers in general, you know. Like um even Jay Z rapped it. Scarface the rapper them uh he's he, uh Scarface the movie the more than Scarface the rapping to me. You feel yeah. me? So also, like, um what's what was it? Um only built for only built for Cuban links, links had a mm-hmm. bunch of had a bunch of the mafioso type. Um yeah. it was even even if, I guess because, you know, it's still it's still New York. Yeah, and this is the whole like rap grows in waves. So then Nas dropped and Nas changed everybody rap. Like Jay Z used to be like a fast spitter, like double, double, triple, nipping, nipping, nipping. Because I guess at the time, like it's in in eighties rap when you were doing that, that was something that was that was that was something that was different yeah, at the was, time. Because yeah. like I guess like hip hop, 
it's still I guess it's, you you still you could still do something new. Yeah. So when Jay Z went from rapping fast, then when Nas came out with Nas, he's not rapping slow, but compared to how other niggas is rapping, Nas rap completely different. That's when when Nas was dissing Hov, like you love my style, nigga. I made you change the whole way you rap. You rap like me. You trying to sound like me. So like, cause Jay Z slowed down his his verses. But that was, I mean, right? that was later. But Illmatic yeah. was in '92. Yeah, that was '92. I'm saying you just see the influence that Nas had, and it, people started rapping more like Nas. Then when Biggie drops, Biggie comes out with it more like, built more street, more gangster. Um, so on Nas' second album, it was written. People were criticizing Nas a lot because they saying his whole style switched up. He now he's this big gangster. Now he's this big mafioso type dude. That's when uh, Escobar became a thing. That's when he started going by Nas Escobar. Like, yeah, I'm this big. Dude, I was like, nah, that's not you. That's not who you was on his first album. You doing? You telling all these gritty street tales? Now you just big mafioso dude, right? So by the time '96 rolls around and Hove drops, now he's he's doing the mafioso rap. You feel me? He's doing down the big bars. Then in my lifetime, that part it, he talks about how to say this. So what makes the blueprint an essential Jay Z album? Because that's Jay Z being vulnerable. And none of his previous albums, Jay Z was never vulnerable. He'll touch on certain things. He'll rap about certain things. But the blueprint was the first time he actually heard a Jay Z be a vulnerable Jay Z, right? That's what part. And then the beats, the soulfulness of it, it all just kind of clicked. He met Kanye. Kanye, Just Blaze, Bank, all three of them constructed that album, right? So going back to the end of my lifetime, like he's still rapping about his streets, his time in the streets. How he's still trying to get out the streets. He um. The little voice that's playing in the beginning of the songs, it's, it plays out like a movie. You feel me? And all the end by lifetime joints. He, he talks about like how he's trying to get the game to bleak, how he's talking about he's trying to retire. He's trying to do all these things. You feel me? To retire from the rap game. Because Jay-Z's original plan was, I'm going to drop Reasonable Doubt. It's going to do good. I'm going to retire. But Reasonable Doubt did so well, that's like, damn, I got, now I got to keep rapping. And then Volume 1 didn't do that good. So it's like, damn, I got to keep rapping again. I don't believe drop, that. Drop volume two. To be honest, up. I really don't believe that. That's I feel not. like I feel like that's a good story to tell people, but I don't believe that for a second. <clears throat> considering considering his career after he <laughs> retired, in quotes, mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe I don't believe that for a second. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do one album now. I'm gonna just like I'm gonna quit. No, and I it's like when you have when you have that much talent and like you actually put forth the effort to put together an album and actually an, an actual album. You put you he put together a whole record company. And to say that he's gonna retire after that? No, nah, I don't. No, nah, I don't believe that for a second. Sure, but um, so do you like like mafioso rap, gangster rap like that? No, I never really liked. I never liked. I never. I never liked gangster rap. Like G, like when G G Unit came out, like I liked certain songs, but even uh, even back then. I was still. I wasn't really into. So you didn't even fuck with like West Coast gangster shit. No, I no, wasn't no like NWA. No, like for some for some reason, me personally, I really wasn't into the glow. No it, it sounds no weird, Tupac, but like but no, if it, it sounds weird, but even as a child, I was never into the glorification of violence. This nigga's wholesome. Like it's kind of, kind of, yeah. Because like you know, I was you know still still in the church, still like very you know trying to be trying to be good. So it's just mm-hmm. like I never really got, I never really got into the whole violent hip hop kind of thing. It just never like there's certain there's certain aspects it was cool to me. I never really got into it. I liked ru- like rugged hip hop, yeah, because I was still into I was still in a Wu Tang. I was still in like Busta Rhymes. I was so you still- wasn't in middle school stacking? No, no, no. Okay. I, I I mean just be like I was okay. around I was around people who were really into that. But me, it was always it was always an understanding that 
I was the kid who wasn't into it. Like there was like I was still friends with them. Like they still mm-hmm. I was still hung out with them. Like, um, but it, it was just it, they oh they they knew it was like oh yeah he's not he's not into that that's cool we'll we keep that separate we'll we'll do like we'll do this he's separate it's 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 okay like you don't have you don't have to because like I never I never I was never in I was never I never faked it it was kind of like yeah I'm just I'm no, gonna just I'm a yeah so like I I was never I was never into mafia so the um. But at the same time, like I guess I never understood, because um, I was really into Young Jeezy. Yeah. So I, I, for some reason, it never really clicked with me that you know, he was like drug trafficking music. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, it just it just completely. Free. I thought I thought they were just good songs. When I listen to Young Jeezy, I thought they were I thought they were just good songs. I never I never put the pieces together about the the subject matter that he was uh, rapping about. Yeah. Also, about selling yay. Yeah. As a, like a hip hop fan, do you think it's like your duty to go back and listen to like? Albums like essential albums. Yeah, before. uh definitely. That's I mean, that's kind of like the reason I wanted to go back and listen to uh, Jay Z's early album because if I'm going to, because like I, at a point in time I was like, yeah, Jay Z might be the you know just the, just the greatest out, but but if I never really listened to it was early because like Dynasty, I didn't even know that that was like I saw pictures of it, but I was just like, mm-hmm. is that, I thought that was like kind of like uh this is like the the familiar. I thought, I thought that was kind of like a side thing, but I didn't know that was like an actual album that he put out that was like yeah yeah. It's a, is, originally, is it supposed to be a rock life? Familiar the dynasty. This would be a compilation album, just yeah. all the Rockefeller artists. And then some way, part way through, he's just like, ah, nah, this is gonna make one of my albums. Yeah. So like, I, I, so I, much I, I just that 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 album was completely completely under my radar. So me personally, like, if I'm if I'm gonna be a person who, uh, you know, I feel like I feel like people when it comes to like, people. I guess it sounds real. I feel like people respect my musical opinion. Mm-hmm. So if 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 I feel like people respect my musical opinion, I gotta have some sort of foundation, some sort of basis to base my opinion on. So I have to listen to as much as possible. So now that I have, you know, what I, I a lot of times I go back and listen to certain albums because like I never really listened to Missy Elliott's albums. Like I just re- just recently listened to. Um, to win our, uh, to win our, what was it? The one with uh, the one with work it. I can't remember. I can't remember the title. But I just recently listened to that one because I've ne- up until this point, um, I never really listened to uh, a Missy Yelly album. So if I if I were to compare it to anybody else, I wouldn't have any. I would only base it off of the singles, and I I don't really consider. I can't really say that I, I can really offer an opinion if I'm only basing it off of the singles that I've heard mm-hmm. instead of the actual, you know, the actual catalog. No, so yeah, I feel I feel like I feel like it is important to. Um, I guess I guess I guess if I, if I'm if I'm on a podcast talking about music, like I gotta have, you know, listen to music. Yeah, like um, I, I remember at one point I was like, I'm just gonna listen to all these old albums, right? So I've been back and listened to uh, N.W.A. Um, Straight Outta Compton, right? I listened to their second album, Niggas for Life. I listened to uh, Death Certificate by Ice Cube. I listened to um, Thirty Into the Thirty Six Chambers by Wu Tang. Oh yeah, I listened to um. The Infamous by Mob Deep. Like, all these albums like predate me. It's like okay, I feel like all right, I'm really into rap. Every on all these blog sites, someone this all like oh, this is a great album. This is a great album. You know, all these YouTube channels, shout out Dead End. They're like, say so, these are these quintessential albums you have to listen to. So but it's like, compa- but it's like to compared to what? I don't know. Get more so that like, was at the time, which is yeah, like, like, like it's, it's hard. It's hard for things not to sound dated. Yeah, like. 
Straight Outta Compton sounds dated. Listen to um, Boogie Down Productions and listen to Karis One. He sounds like an older rapper. Like what? How? Yeah, people- it's it's one one thing that's really hard to do is to have the perspective that nothing else sounded like that until it came out. Yeah. When you've heard everything that came out after that. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's, it's really because like it's really hard to consider like when at the time like Karis people say like people who people of the era. Some of them still say that KRS One is like the, one of the greatest rappers of all time. But, oh, yeah. but, but but if I were to go back and listen to KRS One, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, in true hydrogen, hydrogen phosphorus, it's like, it's like what, what the fuck are you talking about? But at the time when nobody else was doing what KRS was doing, it, like the perspective will be completely yeah, different. Or even like a rock him. Yeah, I don't have an appreciation for Rakim. Oh man, Rakim. Yeah, yeah. Well, say, even now, people, even now, to this day, it's his writing that was just so. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm just like Rakim. He he is the god MC. Like, yeah, you know, shout out to his book, Sweat the Technique. Like, yeah, like yeah, I, I, I teach you how to write. I listened. I listened to uh, actually because my dad, Rakim, was my dad's favorite rapper. Mm. So on my early, when I when I first got into music, he had a lot of he had a lot of uh, rock him songs that he would play all the time. So I would make mixtapes where I I will put rock him on it. So like yeah, I know I know a bunch of like rock him songs, mm-hmm. but then going back to listen to some of the some of the albums and like when I have a better understanding of the time um with the time, you know, when when his music was coming out, when I listen to it, I can understand like yeah, like rock him still to this I think feel like I feel like to this day Rakim still is like one of the greatest, like one of the greatest. Just by, full, I mean, when you, I guess, like I'm, I, I appreciate flow when when it comes mm-hmm. to rap. Right. That's one, like that's one of the, that's one of the key factors is what I consider a good rapper is like that flow is one of the one of the best things. Word flow, wordplay, syntax, like rhyme scheme. Yeah, I, that's that's what it's I mean. All Rakim. Yeah. That's that's mainly what I listen to. So Rakim checks that off the box. But he was doing that at a time where like literally nobody no was doing, was doing like it, no yeah. one else is doing that. Like I can't I can't imagine at the time all of a sudden Rock him is on the scene. Like he probably he probably would have been my favorite rapper. Yeah. Like I said when people say like Nas, Nas is just like a baby version of Rock him. You know, and then like yeah. as people say like, like his oh. like his like his his technique Crazy, yeah. So it's like, oh, he got that from Rakim, and then you see how many how many rap, not how many rappers Nas influenced. And it's like you see all, all these people come from the street. And it's like so going back, you see how all this old school, well, I guess now we feel old school rap is still like it was so influential. And if you are a rap fan, you owe it to yourself to go back and check out older albums. That's just, just before your time, like the same way you have to go back and listen to Prince albums. Same way you have to go back and listen to Michael Jackson albums. Same way you like, you know, you listen to albums in the eighties, like understanding. The musical landscape at that time and what they were doing with these sounds, with this brand new genre, it's crazy. It's like, oh man, like how creative can you be to take these ideas and flesh them out? And with, then, it's like no, it's like you don't have anything to work out of. It's yeah. just like, yo, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make music, and then all of a sudden, your music is like what influences the next twenty years? Yeah, that's it's absolute, that's absolute. Because like a lot of times, I think I think about it like when like uh, like early Q, like Q Tip. Mm-hmm. When I like look at documentaries, when I when I listen to like the other stuff that he's doing for other people, it's like what what type what like what type of like creative connection do you need to have to be like Q-Tip in 1991? Like what yeah. like, like it's like the the way the way they're doing sampling, the way they're doing they were doing production, and then like when they take that production and a rap on it, it's just like how like what type of mind Q-tip, he was Q Tip was on Nas's album. He produced on uh, Elmatic. He produced on the Infamous. Yeah, it's like, like he, what 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 he what, worked with Queens rappers. Like nah, you from Queens? I'm helping you out. We gonna you can't slip. Like, you can't well, like what type of what type of mindset do you have? Is it is it what like, was it is it just like hey I'm just gonna do what sounds good to me and then like what sounds good to me just happens to be 
people it's like people all people just happen to like what sounds good to me and then you know when i you know when i'm when i'm making everything that becomes like the that becomes like the status because of who i am like i guess like it's like the perspective of it's like i guess like when i'm like when i'm listening to music i try to come from the perspective of is this something that is truly like out? Is this something that's like truly outside, truly like something that's outsiders, like something that's actually incredible? Or is it just this person's perspective on the genre itself? And it just so happened to be, you know, of it just, ha- just so happened to be of the time. And since it's the only thing of the time that sounded like that, it became amazing. Because there's other people, I feel like there's other people who can have the same perspective as Q-Tip, but because Q-Tip was Q-Tip at the time, that's why he is Q-Tip. But like somebody, let's say there was somebody like even before before hip hop, somebody within like another genre had the same sort of like mindset, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that time yet. I feel I feel like that's I have to I guess like when I'm listening to music, I try to figure out like is it is it really just them or is it really just the time? Yeah, I feel you. It's, um, I guess like if you listen to, like uh, the RZA's production, especially on Wu Tang, yeah, like, how, how influential Kung Fu movies were. Oh yeah, that's that's, how, that's that's just the RZA. Yeah, him putting like sword that's the, that's, sounds that's, that's, and that's, clashes and that's not the, the time. Cuts. That was yeah, like, that, that was, was the that was yeah. the RZA. Like there's certain there's certain like I like Pharrell. That was Pharrell. Like that wasn't like that wasn't anybody. Okay, yeah, I always like I always forget like that. Yeah, like the Neptunes, that was the that was like the Neptunes. That wasn't like <laughs> that, was that wasn't that wasn't like of the time, so it was cool, so no one else was gonna like that's you know, that's that was like yeah. them. Yeah, Virginia Beach at that time? Yes. It's crazy. Like yeah. Tim like Timberland, Missy Elliott, that was that was one hundred percent that's yeah. not that has nothing to do with the time. Timbal- that's one hundred percent them. Timberland used to be Malice's DJ. Malice of the Clips. Timberland used to be his DJ. Wow. Like Where was Pusha T? It's Pusha T's younger than Malice. So he was rapping. He came up seeing Malice rap. And then I thought they were twins. Nah. Malice has a twin brother. But that's oh. not that's not Pusha T. But it's not Pusha T. That's Wait, not Pusha I thought- T. Malice is the older one. I thought they both had twins. Well, I thought there was just another set of twins. I thought they were twins. Like one nah. was bald, one had the had the braids. Nah. Wow. Pusha T's the younger brother. Wow, I didn't know and that. They, yeah, Malice's twin brother ended up get, getting on drugs. And when they were rapping about their brother in the album, I was like, yeah, this nigga a loser. This nigga do drugs. And I was like, yeah. And it was this crazy thing. Like, he does drugs and we sell drugs. That's what's always this internal conflict with them. It was like, you see what this, you see what the shit, you see the shit your brother going on. And you know, you selling the same shit to your own community. So this whole thing and how Malice is like, as the older brother, he's like, you, you, this like, shit's you can up. you can understand you can understand how guilty he feels because yeah. that's literally in his family. Yeah, it's his as he's seeing that's, himself. That's his, that's his twin. That's his twin brother. Yeah. Like and you, while Pusha, he only seen the glam the glam of it. You feel me? And that's what makes them the dynamic of the clips so crazy. Wow! So I, I, I honestly is, just I literally just now gained a new appreciation for the clips. Yeah, and even like Pharrell. And what they were doing is like he was just a band nigga, a weird band nigga. He's like, yeah, we making these beats over here. And he was trying to get, he was trying to get Pusha uh, and Malice to come rap with him. And Malice and Pusha T was like, nah, because Pharrell do Pusha. He's like, nah, my brother fuck with Timberland, Timberland. And then once Timberland came off and blew up, and then Pharrell started blowing up, they was like, damn, fuck. I mean, yeah, it was wrong because like, uh, because like Pharrell was like he did, um. Uh, Rump Shaker. Yeah, that's yeah, that's he did. He did. I, I can't remember when Rump, Rump Shaker came out, but he was doing. Yeah. He like he was. He was doing. He was doing tracks with SWV. Mm-hmm. Like he was doing a lot of stuff. I can't imagine just be like, nah, nah, not fucking like not fucking with Pharrell when he was doing Rump Shaker and SWV. Nah, but uh, Nori came out and said like, 
because Nori was the first person to actually give a, for like a big, big like hip hop rapper placement, right? Because he did Super Thug for him, right? He said Nori said I took Pharrell to Nas. Nas ain't like the way he look. He's wearing a choker. He's wearing these tight shirts. And Nori's like, bruh, this nigga's like crazy. Nigga. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't like, like the that. way that nigga said, put I together. Him, I took him to Hove. Hove passed on Pharrell. Like, I tried. No, he, and then Pharrell started kept corny. giving me. That's why, that's why Nori got so many hard Pharrell beats. Because uh, he, he was the only one. He was the only one. He tried. He took He was he like, took y'all niggas wilding. Yeah, he was just like, y'all not seeing this shit? Uh, okay. And then Nori kept coming out with hit after hit. There's like, oh, that's that nigga? That's Virginia? I said, I ain't seen them my way now. And then the Neptunes blow up and you know they become the Neptunes and they do what they do. You feel me? But um I would say, uh going on back to your point about is it the artist, is it the times, I look at Kanye West, because the genius of Kanye West and his production is how he uses his samples, right? So uh take through the wire. It samples, of course, through the fire by Shaka Khan, right? Through the fire by Shaka Khan is about overcoming your problems. I'm trying to get through the fire. To achieve your greatness, right? What is through the wire about? Essentially, it's the same thing. So Kanye West has this 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 ability of taking a sample and taking the feeling of the song, sampling that feeling that you get, this nostalgic feeling, and then rapping about that same feeling. Even on um, that song you got with Twister and Jamie Foxx, Slow, Slow Jams. Jams. The sample he uses there. Mm, like, are, you, are you gonna be? When you gonna be? Are yeah. you gonna be? When you gonna be? Like when he's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah, like he's the samples he use. How he, Kanye West uses and incorporates samples into his music is so genius. Like it gives you when you hear a Kanye West song when he's sampling right, especially the old Kanye, you get the feeling because you know the song. You instinctively know the the sample and you know the feeling you got from that sample. So before you even get into the song, you're already feeling good because you already love the sample. You feel me? Even if you're a little kid, you don't really understand. You heard that song on the radio because your parents are playing. Um, R and B, they playing, you know, yeah. old uh, school jam. They playing these things, right? My friend, my friend, um, uh, Malcolm. He said, like, he, I guess, like, you, he, he heavily, he heavily, like, like, criticized Kanye because he's like, as a, like, as a producer, like, he's like taking, like, well, he's like taking well known songs. Like, you already, like, you already, he's taking hits. He's basically, mm-hmm. he's basically just taking hits. These songs already perform well, and then sampling them. Yeah. Instead of like a lot of producers, what they'll do, they'll they'll try they they will actually try to find songs that you don't know mm. and then flip them into songs that you love. But Kanye would take songs that you love and you already yeah, love these songs yeah, and, and then flip them. and then re- he's basically making remixes. He's on what Diddy did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, yeah. Diddy and the Hitman. Yeah. Um, but it's a uh, Kanye's first album, College Dropout. Yeah. All the samples he used, he got from one crate. Of his, uh, not his ex girlfriends, uh, dad, they were moving out. He said, Here, here's a crate of, here's a crate of records. So Kanye West wasn't the type of nigga that go digging for samples or nothing like that. He, just had, he had a crate of records and he just used every record that was in that crate and used the samples he loved. He found out. So that just happened to be the hits. And that's why you got, that's why you got college dropout. Cause it's just like that was that's the music it, he had. It was yeah, it was really interesting. He, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't even. I feel like he he's not. I feel like he's not. He's not. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't believe he's a crate digger. I feel like he's no, he, he's no, not no. even has, has. I don't feel like he doesn't even have the the patience for that. Well, when it came to um, what's Pusha T's last album, uh, Daytona, right? He said when they were creating that album, they were just going to record stores and they would just buy like three hundred records a day. 
and they'll just sit there. They like they pick a record just if they like the colors, they like the the name of it, they like how things look. There's one song they recognize. They just buy, just buying records. And they sit there for hours and just listen to them, just listen to them. And then Kanye, <clears throat> he said Kanye come to me like, yeah. So uh, what's your favorite albums? He's all only built for Cuban links or this or that. He's like, okay, cool. Then they just start listening to like push these favorite albums as they. And then they go and start back listening to these records. He said, and that's how they created Daytona. That's how that's how he found the samples. He got the vibe he was going for to listen to other songs. Then he found the matching vibes through that. So that's I guess this idea of a sampling. You feel me? Yeah. It's all about the vibe with Kanye. Yeah. Let me let me shit. Speaking of samples, Josh, I've been I listened to a lot of that uh that Cortex. Oh yeah. Oh one hundred percent. The yeah. it's like the it's Tropu like, Tropu Blue? Yes. That Tropu yeah, yeah, Tropu Blue is, is like in flames. It's sampled. Album. It it's is fucking the sampled. Album. Like that album has been sliced the fuck up. That then it's like the entire album. The like entire there's, album. there's like, so there's so there's so many songs on there that's just, just like so many recognizable songs on there. Like you just you just you just like if you just you know that song, um One Beer Diamonds in Maybach? Yeah. Mm-hmm. By Triple C's? Yeah. yeah, that sample comes from this. Yeah, one uh one what? beer, um yes. plenty of pl- whiskey whiskey for songs. Like there's yeah. a lot, there's uh out the alchemist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Alchemist was all. Yeah. Over I this. Found, uh, my friend uh, Corey uh, Encore Beats. Like he introduced me to that. Al- he introduced me to that album in high school. When I, nigga, I see- this is my grail. <laughs> like, like, he, like he found. Like he found. Because uh, like at, at the time when we was making music, like we would find like different. Uh, um, like there, there used to be different blog spots. Mm-hmm. That will post. Yeah. Uh, there used to be like producer blog spots that will post like you know out al- you know album of the week. It's like yeah, sample these songs or like it'll be like. Uh, Blogspot uh, blogs that would just post like funk albums or specific, like it would be like genre specific or like uh, very very rare pieces of music, and it will be like a blogspot. They'll have like a media fire link, and uh, that was like when I was in like oh, shout out to media. Fire. Oh yeah, it's like media media Ooh. fire. All like all listen Z-share. that that literally Z. Oh my god, Z share all the yeah. whole. I have it like, was an era. My cat, like era. my catalog of just like music that I have is like a lot of it came from Z share, media fire, all the different like file share sites just to get just to get like al- albums like that from like these different blogs like beat like beat kits Listen, oh, fuck yeah one of, like I, f- I feel like one of the greatest things that ever happened in music it would definitely have to be blogspot uh media fire slash z shirt it's like blogspot fire sharing file sharing and uh youtube yeah. When it comes to sampling music, because like you didn't have to, like you essentially didn't have to buy the album to get the sample that you wanted. You can literally just just go on YouTube. There's different like YouTube. There was like different YouTube channels that would just have like all the all the jazz, all the samba, yeah. all the bossa oh, yeah. nova, all all those different songs that you would want to <clears throat> sample. There's different YouTube channels that just ha- just have individual songs, so you don't have to go through the whole album. So you mm-hmm. just go there, listen to like you, you could scrub, go into like the last thirty seconds, middle thirty seconds, just like get that. Okay, I like that. Shh, shh, shh. Rip it. Listen to the first two seconds of a song, or I'm gonna rip that. I, I feel like those. I feel like it had, if I had to come, if I had to come up with like a top ten list of technological advances that absolutely 100 percent changed how music was made. Blogspot, YouTube, file sharing, voice memo on the on the iPhone. Voice recording on the iPhone. It it made it so much easier to get exactly what you want. I I, I can swear I can trace all of that 
back to those back to those resources because of how much basically how much I used it and seeing going to different forms of seeing how much of other producers were yeah. also using these sources. Even like Madlib, you said he did the Freddie Gibbs whole album just off of iPad. Yeah, yeah. But 100% you can do that. Oh. Just 100%. Speaking like of with GarageBand, you got the resources. Uh, speaking of, they announced they're doing a bandana too. Nice. Freddie Gibbs Fuck and yeah. Speaking and, of Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. Speaking of Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> and uh, Madlib says he's also doing an album with West Side Gun. So. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh boy! Yeah. West Side Gun and Mad Lib. Oh my I'ma god! I'ma shoot your fucking face off. Shoot your fucking. We don't face need a Mad Villainy too. To shoot be honest. Shoot your fucking face off. Shoot your fucking face. We don't need a Mad Villainy too. We. It, 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 it doesn't matter. We got Bandana. We got. But shit. Speaking yeah. of speaking of Gibbs and the yeah, in the Griselda crew, we actually saw them. Well, most of, <laughs> we saw most of it yeah. live. It was, the the al- it was the album of the year uh, tour. It was at Center Stage here in Atlanta. Um, when we got there, it was Freddie. It's Freddie Gibbs headlining, and, and it's a uh, at Cousin Stiz and Benny the Butcher. Yeah, we assume Benny the Butcher. Like, is no, no, anybody no bright, bright no eyed, bushy tailed? Will assume. Yeah, no offense to Cousin Stiz. I've never heard of him. Right. So you never heard of Cousin Stitch? Never heard of Cousin Stitch. I, I, I've even listened. I've even heard of Cousin Stitch. Would you want to listen to him after Benny the Butcher and before Freddie Gibbs? I've heard of him. I didn't say I listened to him. Yeah. <laughs> so I just assumed, oh, Cousin Stitch is gonna be the opener. Then it's gonna be Benny. And then it's gonna be uh, then it's gonna be Freddie Gibbs, right? Right. Nah, Benny actually opened first. And so, you know we were being niggas. Yeah. So we was like, oh, we just fucking around. Uh, they, 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 and they, then I got the text from my homegirl saying, oh, Benny's on stage now. I'm like what? We rushed to get there. We literally come in as he's performing his last song. Damn. Then come to find out, the whole Griselda was there. Benny, West Side Gun, Conway the Machine. They were performing their songs together. They were rapping back and forth. They're just passing the mic along. Oh, man. Rapping, oh, man. One yeah. mic. Oh, the one yeah. mic pass along. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. Shout listen, out to a tribe. Yeah, listen, a tribe Akashic. Listen, yeah. one mic pass along. That shit is like that shit is like that. That's just how I feel like that's real, true, true hip hop shit. Yeah, it's like one, one mic. You do oxygen. you do it like it's, it's like a cipher. It's like one mic pass along, but it's a song, mm-hmm. and you're going back and forth. One oh my god, that shit is true. That's true hip hop shit right there. Right. Yeah, uh, shout out to FIFO from Dead in Hip Hop. Yeah, we actually ended up running. Shout out to FIFO. He came. He came in after us. He was like, dang. Like what's a good family? Yeah. Like, yeah, man. It was like, yo, you, we, we just miss Benny and the rest of the Grizzled. He was like, what? <laughs> they all were there. Like, yeah, but literally, as we walk in, he's like, yeah, man. I'm be by the merch. Tell me about the merch. So I end up buying like a little mini poster. I dap Benny up. I got his autograph. That's what's up. So I was like, all right, man. This is, you know, it's like, oh man, you're right here. It's like, bro. Yeah, I, I, I could see. I, I could. Could, I was I looking at him, man. He was definitely thinking about cocaine. I can see it. I can see it on his face. Like even when Freddie was performing, like you can see him off in the corner. He came on stage. He was just sitting there, just like looking off into space. I'm like, this nigga's thinking about yeah. cocaine. It's like, I, I could probably sell. I could probably sell hey, the bag. Man, if I, if I came in here, bro, and I was booming, what? Yeah, I'd be nickel and diamond these niggas. Oh, what cousins? Cousins is a great performer. His songs didn't sound bad at all. It was just that like, I didn't. It was. Know, it was, it was know, lit, but it was like, yeah, damn. I didn't know any of them. Yeah. and I was like, I didn't come it here. It was probably. For you. It was probably. You probably did the grand. It was probably the venue who did the grand demographics. who figured that. Cousin Stiz would probably identify more with Atlanta. Like Cousin Stiz, was, was it more because tra- no, apparently that this is what they're doing for the tour. Yeah, because apparently that's people, the whole, yeah, people were telling us the same thing. Like uh, Benny opened up uh, when he when it was in Detroit. 
Surprise me. Yeah. Surprise me. Shout, yeah. Shit, shout out to VZ430. Yeah, shout out to he, was, he was out there. He told uh, he told FIFO that's what happened. So we were like, wow. damn. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I guess it, it it makes sense, but a lot of people, you got to put that information out there because a lot of people wouldn't know. Cause like if we would have known, we would have just. I mean, a lot of a lot of times line. when I go to shows, it's it's kind of like I don't know who. It, it, when you look at the when you look at the bill, most of the time you can tell by the order of their names that's when they're going to be performing. But, but right. sometimes it'll just be it'll be sometimes it'll be random. Right. Yeah. And I thought doors opened at eight, but it seemed like this shit started at eight. Cause no, we we got there like eight forty five, almost nine. Oh, so doors open at eight and they're performing at eight. That's, that's said, still early. No, yeah, my homegirl said Benny was on stage by eight fourteen. That's still early. We got there. Yeah, that's early. We got, there, early. We got there at 855. At the yeah. bare, bare minimum, you got it like doors open an hour. You're going to wait an hour before somebody comes on. Yeah, because people were still getting there. I was just like, bro, fuck it. I'm about to go crank this uh, this Jack and Ginger. Like, mm-hmm. what's good? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. But for when I saw Benny, it was great. I did get. Got a song, dap him up, got his autograph. Yo, shout out cool. to the people who did see him. Yeah, shout out Benny the Butcher. Right I'm now. actually a fan now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you finally listen to what the plugs I made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit's hard. And yeah, and I listened to the, the Griselda tape like when you was playing. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm like, this shit is fuego. Yeah, WWCD, what was Sheen Gun do? Uh, that's the acronym stands for the, um, they're Benny, the Bro- Benny the Butcher's brother. They're all related. So, Westside Gun and Conway are brothers. And Benny is their cousin. Mm. Benny's older brother was named Machine Gun Black. And he was actually better than all of them. Mm. But in the streets, Machine Gun get killed. And now they're all rapping after that. So Conway, Conway, was, uh, Conway was always trying to be around. Westside didn't even want to rap. But after, boom, machi- boom, boom, boom. But after Machine Gun died, he's like, damn, nah, I got all this shit planned. I might as well rap. That's the whole reason Westside got into rapping. And then Benny, being a younger cousin, he coming up and like, all right, man, I'm going to rap too, right? And I said all three of them got up the streets and started rapping or whatever. So that's what the whole album, not necessarily about, but like they referenced Machine Gun Black so much in the album. It's like, damn, he's supposed to be here with us. And Benny talks about it a lot, about how, you know, him and his brother didn't necessarily end on the greatest of terms, you know? They ended up not, they wasn't necessarily beefing, but, you know, it wasn't like, it's like if you have an argument yeah. with your you brother. You know, you have that cold war with your brother and y'all just don't talk. You know what I'm saying? You might like a you might like a post here and there. Now, I'm not speaking from experience or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was over shit he did, yeah. over shit I said. But his that's usually what it's was, like, you know. Homie, hold your head. Yeah. Like, like your brother, that's like your built in homeboy, but at the same time, y'all don't have to be friends, but you are family. Yeah. So it's a it's a different type of relationship. Yeah, so this whole album is like a dedication to Machine Gun Black. And it's on it's their first album officially on Shady Records. Uh, I think Eminem's on Eminem. Yeah, actually Eminem's on, on it. Fifty Cent's on it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a solid project. Um, I love Griselda. I love Conway. I love Westside Gun. I love Benny, Benny Butchers. My, he's probably my favorite rapper right now of this of today. Yes, who's your favorite rapper? I'll say Benny the Butcher. Right. This is a great <clears throat> body of work. I just don't think it's better than any of the other projects they put out this year. I don't think it's better than the plugs I met. I don't think it's better than Fly God is an awesome God. And I don't think it's better than e- uh Hitler Wars Hermes. It's better than Hitler Wars Hermes. Okay. Hitler Hitler Wars Hermes. I had a Lyft right. driver the other day. He picked me up after my job interview and it was like it was just playing with like what side. I was like, 
I said, what's that good? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You fuck with that? You just had an interview. I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? He's like, nah, nah. This is my favorite. Like, any, anytime somebody else started rapping, you would just skip the song. Mm. He was like, yeah, this is about the only thing I listen to. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> great. Like, you don't fuck with the rest of them? <laughs> You're like, yeah, hey, all right. I'm like, oh, oh, that's a take right there. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, I feel like... Um, Mutant Academy is kind of like a different version of that. They're from uh, Virginia, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like it's kind of like I don't know if there were any of them are related or anything like that, but it's like kind of the same genre of music. They may be, I think they may be like a, a young. They're more they're more RAs. Maybe this a little is like bit younger. Concept Jackson and yeah, Concept yeah. Jackson. Because like concept, we gotta reference them every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I had to because like because like because like I'm almost on my Spotify top. Like my, to, my like, favorite rapper I never listened to. Like to like Tuami like Tuami Tuami is my favorite. Was my favorite artist of the year, mostly because like when I did my art, I would I would draw I would draw to. Um, Tuami instrumentals, but at the same time, he would have yeah. shit. He was at Press Start one time too. Yeah, I can't believe I missed that too. Yeah, but um, like he like he would have these albums called Shout uh, out Press Start. He would have albums called um Emergency Raps, right? And so Emergency Raps would be him doing all the beats, but then other people in Mutant Academy they would do the raps. So honestly, I feel like. Emergency Rats Volume Four with Concept Jacksons. That's probably. I honestly think that's one of the greatest. One. Of, I'll be like. I would say that's like top ten greatest hip hop projects ever. But like nobody knows about it because like that pure. When it comes to like pure. You said ever. Ever like pure. When it comes to like pure pure. What I believe is like true real hip hop. I guess like true hip hop sound. I, okay, I, I would say ever because like there's a lot. You know, there's a lot in that. But when it comes to the pure hip hop sound, it's on streaming. Yeah. The the album that the album that he did with um, Concept Jackson was great. Also, he had he has another one with uh, Fly Anakin, and then the one with Fly Anakin and Concept Jackson. All the time, I, I feel like it's the same genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's kind of crazy how like you you guys like the it was like the Griselda, yeah. And then uh, I guess like Mean Academy would be the other other side of that. Because is, it, this, is it Emergency Raps Volume Five? That that came out this year. The one with the, the one where he's Volume it's Five. It's probably Volume Three because Volume Four was uh, Fly Anakin. Yeah, Flying Kentwame. Yeah, 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 it was, it was three, 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 three. Volume three. Volume three is probably one of the one of the best. Like I just added three and four. When it, when it comes to like like when it's like because I'm I'm a guy who appreciates niggas just rapping, mm-hmm. just like straight up that cool like cold ass beats niggas niggas just rapping niggas just in the booth just with something just to say spit. yeah just just straight spitting that's yeah. that's the type of music that's the type of music that they make um. But it's crazy. Like it, I feel like I get the impression that that's the kind of stuff that Griselda makes. So if I if, if I ever really get into, it, just check out Benny the Boot, Benny the Butcher, and uh, listen to the plugs I met. The plugs yeah. I met. I'll, 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 I'll probably that made me. I was like, yeah. Just I, just yeah. Gen, just generally the way y'all talk about it, it's like yeah, it's probably it's probably the same. It's probably the same genre. Yeah. Just 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 different artists. Um, is it gritty drug rap? No, it's just niggas rapping. Oh no! This but is niggas rapping, but it gives you the same feel. You feel like you're right there in the kitchen with them and in the car it's with like they, bricks. Is they yeah. never? Is they never really? It's made. how you move. It's like you move through the city, like bro. bro. I was driving to the plugs I met, and I looked down. There was a Glock on my lap. I was like, Ooh, "This shit is dirty. I can feel it." <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's a Glock, there's it's a a Glock stain, in your lap. Like, there's a stain bodies. on my pants. This because this shit's that dirty. Like, it, it, like it, why is it, it hot? Blood under my fingertips. There's a little coke on my gums. There's a Glock on your lap. There's a brick in the glove department, and you got a trunk full of weed. And the cops been following you for the last five miles. Why well, keep seeing that torch? It's a rental. What? 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 It's a rental. It's a what? Why it don't is, we... No, it's a fucking zip car, nigga. Let's go. Let's why, go. why do I keep seeing that four tours? Oh man, it's the same four tours. Same I don't know who that is. Tours. But on a completely different note, I was listening to some different music. Uh, FKA Twigs. Okay, she dropped uh, Magdalene. Mm-hmm. 
About a month, like maybe last month, probably. Like November or something. And this shit is Fuego. Like, instantly, it's probably one of my favorite uh, Twix albums to come out. Like, definitely, like, the songs on it, she, she took her sound and kind of progressed it and kind of took it to places I didn't think she would go. Like, she's even got a song with Future. I can't imagine that there's a place that FK Twigs won't go. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. And then she, you know, she kept in some of the her same, like, or her same realm, but, like, kind of, like, Update if you if you will. And I was like, okay, like I'm not really skipping any songs on this album. Like I I just got the whole thing in rotation. And she has a fucking song with Future. Like Future is on the song being toxic and singing. And like that shit is fucking fire. So check that out. It's it's definitely worth the listen. I don't know if anybody listens to Twigs on there. You know what I randomly listen to? Listen to? What today? I was in the car. I was in the car riding with some homegirls, and one of them put on uh, Hot Pink by Doja Cat. Yeah, it's quite as kept. Doja K kind of nice. Yeah, Doja quite as like quite like, as kept. Rap. Like it's no, not, no, she doesn't. No, no. She's not. She she's not trash. Yeah, she's not trash at rapping. And this the album is is very is very sexual. It's very. It's, yeah, it's like, she 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 just says she doesn't fuck with black guys. And I'm like, ah, yeah. yeah. She like her her music is really is really just accessible. Yeah. To be honest, it's, it's just very like, accessible. And this album is a lot better than you think it's going to be. You think, well, okay, you put out a decent piece of work. It's like, no, it's like, oh. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, oh, it's this weird is... because you, because you, like okay. Doja Cat, I was aware of Doja Cat just right. because just because of that album cover before. Right. Even before, bitch, before, even before, bitch before, Macau, I was like. Because mm-hmm. I was aware before that because of the album cover, because like on the album, she had her titties out and I saw that picture. I was like, Aye. ooh, who Doja Cat? <laughs> and then Bitch I'm a Cow came out. I was Bro, like, bitch I'm a Cow came out. I was like, I, wait, this is really, actually, really good. I came in for the anime titties and stayed for everything else i was like this is this yeah. is good like there's a reason that shit was yeah, overshadowing like it's, it's, Nicki minaj that day yeah, it was there's more a reason yeah it was more than just okay this is a joke song but it's like this joke song is actually kind of like like you know you actually, can, if you can make a joke this song is too good it's too of good a joke for you to not be able to actually put out talent so yeah hot pink by doja cat it's you better it? than you think I bet I I I, I, no, I, I, I can see that. play it later just to be like because uh, I already I already fuck I, I remember I showed you the video for Juicy when I first heard it like yo this is a hit so, and I was like when yeah, she I did, watched it with my eyes yeah <laughs> she, I I saw it because uh, I follow y'all listen to Colors uh, the Colors YouTube page yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so I followed them on Instagram oh she saw the Baby Rose she had a nice Colors performance yeah and I saw her That's like, the homie. I saw her preview performance that Doja Cat did her did her performance I saw her on their Instagram then I went and listened to it and when I went and listened to it, it only had like a hundred thousand views I went back the next day it had five hundred thousand by the end of the week it was at like five million I was like whoa <laughs> yeah whoa. Do color, does colors do like a podcast? <laughs> just, just some niggas sitting around, like, yeah, yeah. This, this is just the episode. Yeah, like, it's I like fifteen it, minutes of us just. Colors actually revamped my appreciation for uh, um, blood, blood, blood orange because oh, blood yeah. orange, the colors who did uh, dark and handsome, that was like, yo, yeah, yeah. It made me, it made me want to listen to um, Mirrorland by uh, Earth Gang. Earth Gang, yo, yeah, yeah, Mir- like Mirrorland is is pretty fire. Yeah, it's like good, I gave it's it a good listen, album. but the whole time I was listening to it, I was just like, "Wow!" Like the young thug, the young thug influence is like all over them. People were comparing them to like Andre three thousand. I'm like, I don't, I don't see it at all because these niggas dress weird. Yeah, that's by it. your standards, I'm that's like, that's just centric. that's just the whole that's just the whole lane in Atlanta that, yeah, in and of itself. Yeah. Y'all just don't go to the right realms. And they rap, but, they rap about streets, but not from the street nigga perspective. Yeah, and they, got like, a, they got like a flow and cadence like Young Thug. And then he came on that one song, I'm so proud of yeah. you. I was like, I'm proud of you. I was like, I'm proud of you. Everything proud makes you. sense. Like, 
Yeah. Y'all niggas not listening. That's the thing, yo. People just got a platform and just want to talk. Yeah. Uh, y'all say y'all haven't checked out that game album, Born to Rap yet. No. I, mean, no. I heard it's good. It's. I'm I'm not a the game fan I, at all, honestly, so I don't really care. The game to listen. has never dropped a bad album. I believe it. This is a great album. Like from t- start to finish, he has a song on there with Nipsey. That's great. Um, he, it's again, again, this game saying this is his last album. So there's that. I think it was saying people should retire after like 35. And how old is he? 40. Yeah, he's 40. <laughs> yeah, game just turned 40. Jay Z just turned 50. I mean, I feel like it. Dep- I feel like I feel like it just depends on your um, your place in, within rap. Mm-hmm. It, it really just depends. Like if you haven't reached the uh, there's certain there's certain there's certain people where it's like, all right, at this point, you you, sh- you probably should have had like different business ventures to the point where you don't need to rap. But there's other people where it's like, yeah, I actually would like to continue to hear you rap until like you don't want to anymore. Like Ray, like Raekwon, Ghostface Killer. I actually would like to hear them continue to rap. I would like to continue to hear. Um, who, 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 I guess I have to think of, but there's, there's, you know, there's, there's certain rappers where you can continue yeah, to like, listen to them. Yeah, like, it's like if your subject matter and like your approach is, if, if it's always approachable, it's not like, all right, bro, you're so far removed from the shit that you're rapping about that it's just yeah. asinine. And that's actually um, Andre 2000. He came out and said he didn't want to be like a 35 year old rapper. He's like, at that point, I'm so far removed from you know the streets or whatever. Like, I don't think I'll be able to connect. So Andre, the fact that Andre hasn't dropped the album, or he doesn't put out music like that, it isn't surprising because he's been said he did. That's not something he saw himself doing. And he only raps when he finds something that's like really, really inspiring to him. You feel yeah. me? You could be a random person. Andre three hours like just he'll happen to hear your song and he just hit you up like, "Hey, your song really inspired me. Can I put a verse on?" It? I got yeah, like he's verse. doing music with Gold Link and Matt Martians. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, Gold Link. He, yeah, fuck, that, uh, he fucked up. Yeah, that song December. Like, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. I don't. I don't know, bro. I'm, I'm looking at Gold Lake sideways, sideways about that shit, dog. I'm like, bro, why? Like, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. This is true. Uh, I think uh, you can't really tell. You can't tell people how to grieve, and I think he's grieving the wrong way. It's like, you know, how people say uh, hate is just misplaced love. It's like you can't. He even came out and said, I'm trying to show him. Is it a post is about love. Like, no, that's not. I, no, 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 no. I read that shit. I read that, I read that shit. I read like, that no, shit. No. I'm like, this, for every piece of love, there's like three pieces of shade. Yeah, it's like, you don't know how. Even, even how he said, the way he went out, I was like, yeah, I mean, it was going to happen, but like. No, I'm not, not, not going to say I'm, surpri- I'm, not, I'm not surprised to see that you died. That shit is, no. But he you could have kept that shit in your pocket. But then he said, because. The great ones always die. The best people always die. Granted, he buried it in there. So again, I'm not saying I agree with Gold Link. I personally would have said it. I wouldn't have hit sin. Yeah, I wouldn't hit sin. That's the shit you type up and maybe like show some friends. Like, hey man, this is how I would feel. Maybe on a a Burger Tumblr account. I would. I would even really something deep. I would even type it out right. Cause I was like, that's I mean, what, I, I that's feel like friend. if if you're grieving, then it then it, if it, if you if it truly was something that he was grieving about, I feel like it would have been important for him to top it out. It's just like you shouldn't have you shouldn't you yeah. shouldn't have presented that to the world. Yeah, it's yeah. just write it out something like, and it's been like a whole year since Mac Miller's death. So it's like why, and then what he's bringing other people into is it, like, yeah, you know, even Anderson Park, he was like, bro, what the what the fuck are you doing? Like schoolboy Anderson Park, fucking um, Earl Sweatshirt. They were like, dude, what the what the fuck? Like you're not about to just sit here and drag this man's name through the mud over some shit like this. Yeah, like you're like, bro, this you made a, you made a breakup shit. album. He made a breakup album. Like, 
Oh, I love album. Like ni- like niggas niggas are being love. Like what the hell? Mm. It was a song. It's, it's not like, like you, you made a break up. You, you made a song and then you made an album, but the album was same subject matter as the song. And then out al- then his album came out before your what? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. So it's, it's your your approach is like. Shit just takes time. You got to find different ways to navigate these feelings and thoughts and shit. Like, that's why therapy is important. It is. Therapy Therapy is very important. If there's um, one thing that I learned. Yeah, I just really think, and I think Goldlink really just doesn't. That post to me read like he was still upset that Mac Miller died. And it's almost like I have to blame somebody. I have to be angry at somebody. And I have no one to be angry at. But Mac Miller. But But, but you for dying. So now I you should to, attack his plug. So now I have to be. I mean, he's already going to jail. I hired some niggas in jail. Be like, yo, I let you. But yeah, but just like you, you know, you you lost someone, and now you're hurting, and now like you and you're hurt. You said some things. You couldn't portray your feelings the right way. You feel me? Because maybe he legit. Maybe Golan legitly feels that he didn't mean. Like, like, like people I mean, are projecting. Does. That people Look. are projecting his those feelings onto him, and I was like, no, no, fam. How you worded things? How you said you felt the venomous, you felt the hurt in it. Like you were like upset, and he's like, you made that post about you. It's supposed to be like sending condolences to Matt. You feel me? So that's the only bit of bail I could shoot. Golink was like, and you're and you're hurt. Mm-hmm. You're blaming Mac Miller for his own death, and that's not something you know. That's just frowned upon in today's society. Yeah, you know, that's not, I mean, that's not something you should do. Well, shit. On another somber note, uh, rest in peace to Juice World. Yeah, uh, he was just turned twenty one, and he had a seizure today in like the Chicago airport. Yeah, it's uh, what was it? It's Sunday the eighth of December. Yeah, he so. turned twenty one on the second. It's just another sad note, man. Like. Details aren't really out right now because the shit just happened today. But yeah, so you don't want, you don't want to speculate about maybe you know was it drugs was it was he always was it a, like, was, was it, it, was it a always condition he already seizures? had was it just like he wasn't given the proper uh, like seizure protocol because like you could bite your own tongue off you could you could choke on your vomit it's just a bunch of different shit that goes into it a lot of people don't know how to deal with that but um. I think the paramedic, paramedics were saying that he was responsive. Yeah, he was responsive when they got there, but the time he got to the hospital, he was pronounced dead on the scene. Yeah, so, so yeah. rest it's in peace, uh, peace to his family, all yeah. of his fans out there. Yeah. Sort of, I guess, like sort of, sort of on the subject of that. What do you? I guess, like, what do y'all think about the idea of like? I guess, like, whenever, like, it's like whenever, like, the young rappers, uh, whenever they pass, it's always like, when, whenever they pass. Based on symptoms of what happens when you were like abusing drugs and the kind of like yeah don't like don't don't push the you know um, the drugs you know the the drugs did it agenda but at the same time when it's you know when there's ten people dying of the same symptoms it's still I feel like it's still something that needs to be addressed yeah I feel like the timing like people just yeah are dick hard to just oh let's blame it on this right here right now. Yeah, when, again, we, we, we gotta, don't. We, if anything, you gotta at least wait for all the facts to be yeah, out. As yeah. the day of the eighth, we do not know what caused them to have seizures. Yeah, but we do know. Um, Juice World openly talked about doing lean. And we Lil do Wayne that. openly rapped about doing lean. Lil Wayne rapped about how he's having seizures, and the doctor literally had to come down and said, "The lean is giving you seizures. You keep drinking this, you're gonna keep having seizures, and one of them you might not wake up from." Yeah, Rick and Ross. Even he was hospitalized. Yeah, Rick Ross. 
he he had seizures on the plane. That wasn't necessarily could do his drugs more due to his weight, but you know seizures are not necessarily caused by drugs. We would like to assume, but we do not know. You know, um, I. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, like, it's, Frank, it's, like, it's, it's like every time I see it, it's kind of like it's just you, it's, like you like it's timing I, and approach. Like yeah. that's that's really what it boils down to. Because some people's approach is off, and other people's like they just instantly go yeah. to that. I guess I guess if if like if somebody is like if somebody I knew died, and they immediately instead they immediately was like yeah drugs, I can understand that. That's that's like it. That's partially that's disrespectful to be honest. Like if you mm-hmm. like if immediately if somebody's like that's still. A human being that was still a person that was somebody's family member, and immediately before you even offer condolences to anything, you want to like judge them yeah. and place the blame. Because if anything, on them. you shouldn't even blame the person or the drugs. You should blame the the environment or the situation that kind of led to that. Like, why do these people feel the need to like self medicate? Yeah, self medicate. Like, like it, why? Like, why do we? Why did we create this generation of people who feel like they can't go out and? get the help that they need or they have all this internal like distress and depression and yeah. well, okay. trauma like but just even being on the internet I see just how many other people go through the same shit yeah. and it's, nobody really has a means of expressing like, it appropriately like, like during like during the era after I would say during the era after old, all go with everything Papa Mali I'm smelly uh, Pop, Pop Mali uh, I'm sweating I'm sweating the, the era after that of a lot of people at the time my age were really really getting into hard drugs like casually and after a couple of years of that you really started to notice how these people changed like in Atlanta like Atlanta was a zombie land at a at a period of time like Atlanta yeah. was Atlanta was a zombie land yeah. so I, I like, mean shit it still kind of is like for a while it was like what's what's the what's the major drug right now it seems like it's perk like Percocets, yeah. like the perks are calling, like yeah, it's it's like it's, 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 it's just, one of those things. Like I see, I see it affect. I really, really see it affecting my community. So it's like right. That's, what, the, that's like, the crazy thing about the opioid, like the opioid crisis. Like it, it's it, it's kind of in every demographic, but it's a little bit different in each one. Like. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with the black community, and it ends up turning to different drugs. So yeah, like, so you got like lean Percocets and. And all these, are, all these are just, yeah, all these are just low, local form of heroin, right? Yeah. So in the white, so in white communities, like in uh, New England, right? So when the doctors finally cut their patients off, like, no, you're addicted. I'm cutting you off. Now they turn to heroin. And they start doing hard street drugs because, and now they're the overdosing dogs. on heroin, and now they're becoming heroin addicts instead of just regular opioid addicts. To the point that now they're changing the drug laws because now these people, by law, are required to go to jail because they're doing hard drugs, and their parents are fighting back against it. So, You're like, no, my kid needs help. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, and that's the thing. Addiction. Like, if you have a drug problem, you should instead of imprisoning that person, you should try and remedy but then the that situation. Comes, then that comes to this whole thing of doing drugs, and some people, people do drugs recreationally, right? So let's, if you know your friend overdosed doing a certain drug, would you can would you continue to do that drug? Yeah, I, I feel like that's the main thing. Like, I, I don't mean that's like, I don't, are you addicted? Like, I don't mean to be disrespectful, and you know, somebody died, and I don't mean to prop them up as an example. But at the same time, it's still like a cautionary. I feel like it's still like a cautionary tale yeah. of our community. It's like, hey, there's plenty of people. Be careful. Yeah, just just basically, like, just like be careful. There's plenty of people that are out here being zombies. People are like. 
dying because of this and you know when I, I guess like when i see like hey don't even talk about that but at the same time this is the discussion that absolutely needs yeah. to happen because these these are famous people that are dying yeah. but at the same time like people like regular people they're dying they, i'm pretty sure there are plenty of regular people who are dying yeah. because did- of this so this is something that we need to actually speak about in our community, like yeah, I, not not we still still we don't want to be disrespectful for the people who have passed, but this is still a subject that needs to be like talked about. Yeah, when did Pensy die? It was a while ago. Yeah, it was like, yeah. like two thousand ten, maybe. Speaking specifically about lean, Pimpsy, yeah, because Pimpsy I, I, died I, December fourth, two thousand four. I got two thousand four to two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. I think about that all the time. Like when Pimpsy died, and it was and it was like directly like related to lean. You would have thought that that would have been like. It's almost like Ween did a. It's like it almost like super exploded after that. Well, Lean was already big. Lean's always been big, whatever. But it's like after Pepsi died, and it's like, damn. Then you see how much Wayne writes about Lean. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, like, about it's, Lean. it's almost like it's, it's almost like the boom, like the the Boondocks was talking about soul food. It's like yeah. Big Mom. It's like Big Mama died because of her diet, but in her honor, we prepare a big we, meal of the same thing that was killing her. Yeah, yeah. And I and I, and I feel like like it, it, I think that was like a very I feel like it was a uh, criticism of the black community, but it's just like it's the same thing, but in a different like it's the same. It's like it's still the same harmful thing. Yeah. Well, that gets into a whole very interesting conversation about Aaron Magruder, and is the Boondocks is it laughing at us or is it laughing with us when it comes to black people? I know there are certain people who don't like the Boondocks because like I don't know if you're just doing a social critiques. Of the black community, or if you're just making, I, I, you honestly, just I, I, it's I, dead as both. Like it's, it's both because I, I, I there's I was, no way the other doesn't exist. Like clearly, he's doing. Because I went, I, I guess, like when it, when the boom, when the Boondocks was com- was coming out when I was young, I had a certain perspective of the Boondocks. But I re- and then after a certain point in time, I stopped watching the Boondocks. But then recently, I went back and and uh, watched the first season of Boon- of the Boondocks. Yeah. It was really just that you, one it's, season. It's, it's, yeah, it's it, that it's one more, season without Aaron Magruder. We don't the, talk about that one. Like look, looking at it now, I really feel like it was he really was putting the mirror. He was like putting the mirror because like he talked. There was a lot of things that I feel like weren't really talked about. Like they, like Dave Chappelle, he he he, he mm-hmm. it was the same thing, but he did it in a different way. But Aaron, he I think for like the Boondocks was really really he put that he. Cause he shoved it down. He shoved it down your throat. Really, there's a lot. He he really did shove it down your throat. He's shoving all that shit down your throat because there's a lot to digest there. It's like you can look at it at surface level and get a quick laugh, but then when you dig a little deeper, it's like that shit is that shit is real. It's like well, he's trying to tell you something at the same time. It's like yo, like this is kind of a cautionary tale. This is kind of like a critique on what y'all are doing. Like even the R. Kelly episode. That's a perfect fucking example. Yeah, exactly. Like this shit's funny, but at the same time, it's like this nigga's got a fucking problem. Like, are y'all gonna address that? Are y'all gonna fucking get him out of here? Y'all gonna try and like get him help and get him out of here? Like, you gotta do something. You gotta pick one. You can't just sit here and support this man. Even the MLK episode. Even the MLK episode when he came back. Yes. And Martin Luther Luther King. uh, Niggas hate explaining themselves, but don't want (laughs) to listen. That whole that whole monologue he went on was a tirade against the black people and what black people do and based on how black people ain't shit and how this is the goddamn Martin Luther King was our goddamn Jesus and he said I ain't gonna help y'all niggas I'm moving to camp I'm going to camp and it's literally <laughs> like damn you're abandoning it was like oh yeah 
Y'all are too gone. Y'all are too lost. I'm abandoning you. But and shit, that's, and it, that's the episode when people point to is like, yeah. Even at the end of the episode, people like all the black they got mad. They went and stormed like the White House. They were protesting and shit. They got on their shit after that. They're like, wow. I get it. I get what you're trying to explain to me. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. he's definitely making yeah. fun of us. Go, go, going off of that, Josh. As the rapper, do you feel like you make music for black people? Do I feel like I make music for black people? Uh, not necessarily. I I never, to be honest, I never really thought about. I never really thought about that. I just wanted to make music that I wanted to listen to, but at the same time, that the question is, do I do do I look at how do I look at myself? I guess like when you we when I guess like previously on a podcast you talk about I th- I see myself as a black man first mm-hmm. and when you said that I see I see I myself kinda, as I, black kinda, I, I, I think about that all the time is like do I also think of myself as a black man first before I'm anything else and but, when I, when I think when, when I when you're I, in a situation do you think that some shit's racist do you think that you're being discriminated against a lot of times I try to see I try see, try to see it from all sides but in to remember that's also a person who has a unique perspective. Mm-hmm. So there's there's certain times where it's just like like it's like when I'm at a when I'm at a bar and I notice that the service is a little bit slower for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be like, yeah, it's probably it's probably like it's probably because I'm black. Like when I go to like when I go to like Ormsby's when I go to Ormsby's and it's like <laughs> when I feel the when I feel the room kind of shift when I walk in or it's like I get like, looked at differently. Yeah. Is it because versus get clutched a little tighter? Yeah, it's just like you, yeah. they, it's like they look. It's like you when, know, you, when, you look, when, you, when you're walking by and you kind of like glance people. When you glance, mm-hmm. you, you catch a, a glance at their, you know, catch them in the eyes. It's kind of like the look. You do to look down, look away, to look to look a little bit disgusted. They're like, oh man, another black person here. Yeah, it's yeah, the, it's like there there's certain things like that. It's, yeah, it's yeah, the, exactly. Certain things I kind of like notice. Yeah, this is all W. Du Bois what he says the, the double consciousness. As a black as a black person in America, you have to have a double consciousness, right? You have you yourself, how you view yourself, and then you have to have the you in which the world and society at, at large views you. Yeah, yeah. I am a six three, two hundred and fifty pound black man, right? I know I look a certain way. I know I move a certain way. Yeah, I know if I'm walking down the street and I'm walking too fast, it makes people nervous. Yeah, and it, I understand like, that. I, I, I and it, like, and it leads to us having to be in a culture where we have to, where we have to have dual identities. Like yeah. you said, we have to code switch. We have to, hey, hey, how you doing? Yeah, like, 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 you got to say inflection. Like, you got to yeah. smile. You got to fucking. It's like, I'm, like it doesn't matter how skinny I am. I am a tall, dark skinned black man who with, loves to wear Tims with with Tims and dreads. Yeah, yeah. So I know when I walk into a place, I feel like I have to, I have to move with a certain, I have to move with a certain amount of confidence, not too much confidence, but mm-hmm. like at the same time, I don't, I don't, I can't, right. certain, like certain things I have to, I have to do. Exactly. But yeah. at the same time, when I'm in a room by myself, do I, do I do that when I'm in a room by myself? Probably, probably not. So you're just, just, you're just, you're I'm just, 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 I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. Josh. so when I'm and in I, a, when same I, way, I think I'm just Ashton. I just know like. I'm black, and because I am black, I am going to be faced. I have certain things I have to deal with every single day, right? Yeah. And then as a man, I know there are certain things I'm about to deal with every single day. Yes. Because shit, even like I've seen people treat us differently, and in my mind, we're both black, but you're you're darker than me. You're bigger than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like people come to us differently. Like even when we worked at Redacted, fuck that place. Uh, <laughs> like I watch customers like. Interact differently with us. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Oh no, it's because I worked here longer." Or no, they're a fucking racist. Like I seem more approachable. 
Yeah. And fuck you. I will rob you. No, I'm just kidding. I won't rob. You. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like to, to 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 say to say that I like do I make music for black people? Uh, I can't. I can't honestly. I can't honestly say that I do make music specifically for black people. Okay. But at the same time, when I say that I'm making music for myself, do I see myself as a black man making music for a black man? That it's just it does it doesn't click for me. Do you feel like you make music for women? Do I make music? For, I can't say that I make music for anybody other than mm-hmm. myself. Certain like sometimes like sometimes when I'm making music or sometimes when I'm writing a verse, I kind of picture of like who who was this verse aimed to. But when it comes to, to in general, because like what, there's like the music that I want to make for myself, and then it's the music where other people like somebody like let's say somebody else in the tribe sends me a beat. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it's a, it's a completely it's a completely different like persona like that album the album that I will put out by myself sounds nothing like the music that I will be making with the tribe. I wouldn't say yeah. nothing, but like it's complete. It, it's like a you, different lane. Like you, like, like, you, like, like, he, like he's like he's heard the music that I that I make for myself, and then he's also heard the music I've that I make with the tribe. Thirty percent of all their shit. Like it's, it's that's I've heard a lot. Like I've it's heard it's a lot. like it's 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 com- it's completely different. So. It just depends. It depends. Goddamn, on, put out that goddamn planet. Uh, planet. Uh, I don't know if we can get them. I don't know if we can get them. Sound because like we, <laughs> bro. There was there was a fucking there's a Chrono Trigger sample in that yeah. bitch. Yeah, like it was like um, I don't know if we can clear that. That's, that song OG because that song. Got an OG, then got an OG. That song's a fucking hit. That's just so bomb. It's like there's 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 songs like there's we made that song at the time where we didn't streaming was it basically streaming wasn't out at the time. It was like we 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 knew that that mixtape was that's just on a zip file and it jump drive somewhere in my room. That that was I might have it. That was a media fire. That was a media fire. (laughs) That piff like mixtape bringing it all full circle. (laughs) Like yeah, so we 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 didn't even think about selling that as an album it was like this is is this is different yeah okay okay so as uh, uh, you say nigga when you rap right hell yeah, yeah. Nigga. okay if you're we say nigga on this podcast yeah if you're performing in front of a crowd and as a vast majority of them are white and you get some or part and you say nigga and they all scream nigga you can't tell you know there's a lot of white people out there and you hear like the whole venue scream the word nigga back out at you would that I, make you? Would that make you? Feel I feel awkward? like I would have to experience that first because um, I've never. I don't. I don't think I've ever performed in front of a crowd that knew the words to my songs, mm-hmm. and I think I don't think I've ever really performed in, in front of a crowd that was majority white. Like I've, I'm used to performing in in Atlanta yeah. at hip hop at places that play hip hop. Like, Shit. Well, in reference to what all this is about, No Name said that she's uh that she's thinking about like retiring, or she said she is retiring. Yeah. Or she's said, she's at least not performing at all because she's she's gone to these concerts and noticed that like all the people that show up are white. Well, a lot of the people that show up are white, and it's kind of upsetting to her because she, I, I want to say in so many words, she feels like she's not making that music for them. She's not putting herself out there performing for them. Because even my girlfriend, she said she's like, yeah, I went to a no name concert and it was just a bunch of swirl couples. Yeah, it was like black girls with their white boyfriends, and I was like, huh. And she says she's no name. Huh. Her point is wow. like she feels like she intrinsically makes music for black people for the struggle for the things like and for her to go out and perform and for the people who she's making music for not to show up. One, she feels like like damn, but y'all not getting it. Like it's not like I'm doing. It's not like I'm selling a bunch of you know selling out. It's not like I'm doing a hundred thousand first week. So I know I had this big big audience. So I know I have a very small curated audience. And is this my audience? These world couples, yeah. Look, look, look at the roots. 
I mean, because the only, you, the only, honestly, the only time I've ever heard a person say that they listen to a Roots, it was my uh, drum instructor back in high school, and that was a very white man. Yeah, because mm. if you think about it, like anytime you really go to a, a lot of concerts and shows and shit, it's white people, dog. It's it's gonna be a bunch of white at people that at Gibbs shows. Concert. A lot of white people. Exactly. That's and just what it is. That Freddie Gibbs concert was great, by the way. Is it just like, Freddie? Oh yeah, Freddie did. Freddie killed that shit. Check out his Tiny Desk concert. It's him and Mad Libs, and they're just yeah. kicking shit. Is it, is, it, is it just in general that black people don't really go to concerts and shows? It's not so much that. It's like white people will buy those tickets. They buy them first, fucking um, instantly. And like they would just buy tickets them. Are like, going back, the Freddie Gibbs concert. It's twenty six dollars. Fairly reasonable. Yeah, that, After you buy it on Ticketmaster, it got a thirty nine, right? Yeah. Shout out to them booking fees. Yeah, Fuck you. And spending forty dollars on a ticket, that's not. That might not like, be that's something. That's a cheap. That's a cheap if show. In, if I was in college, I couldn't justify to myself spending forty dollars yeah. on a ticket. Fun that's, fact. Fun fact for everybody who listens to this podcast: if you go to the box office at the actual venue, you will avoid those extra fees. I still got to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you have. It's like you have to take. The, you have to take the time to get there, but you don't have to go to the show at that time. You can go. To, you can go to any. You can go to. It's just a box office. Yeah. So yeah. they can get you. Like you. You go. Let's say the show. The show is in like three months. But like they, there's a like you have the time to go to a concert or like whatever Saturday. If you just go to the concert on that Saturday, go to the box office on that Saturday. Let them know that you're wanting to buy a ticket for another show. Most likely, they'll be able to sell you that ticket, avoiding the the ticket fees. Fun fact: If you okay, don't want to pay an extra fifteen dollars for your ticket fees, just show up at the venue and buy them and buy them in person. That's great. Well, so many tickets like get sold out instantly online. That I guess that I, I and then having physical tickets, I don't even know that's really got a thing anymore. Not say. It's not, but you know, for certain things, they sell out instantly, right? Like you could try and buy a ticket to go see Beyonce. Yeah, like, sold out as soon as the yeah. tour is announced. Sold out. Child Child creator, but like, yeah. like, like Childish Gambino, like yeah. those shits are getting sold out. Like in Atlanta, especially, like shit is just getting sold out. Yeah, and it's, so going back to Nona, she's saying like even like she's saying the word nigga and having a crowd full of white people scream nigga back at her is. Heart like she doesn't like that feeling, and she's like, I feel like I'm up there tap dancing for white people, and I'm making my music strictly for black people. And it reminded me of um, if you, if you go on and it seen the, the documentary about Bob Marley called Marley, he spoke about that. And towards later, as the Bob Marley and um, what's this group the Whalers, yeah, the Bob Whalers. Marley and the Whalers, as they got bigger and bigger, his crops became more and more white. And he never, and Bob Marley felt like he never truly connected with the black American audience, right? That he would tour in America and like be mostly white people. He could never figure it out. As he said, that was one of the most frustrating things was trying to connect with black people. Like, how am I getting my music to them? How am I gonna? Cause I'm making this music. So much of my music is for them. It's for us. It's for the diaspora. But all these white people are still on to my shows. And it's like it's the thing. I see no name kind of going through that same thing. Of that's why I asked you. Do you think you make music for you know black people? First, and that's what no one felt. I this is the music I this is my audience. It's okay. Other people, anybody can listen to. It, that's fine, but my audience isn't here. You know, like they're my, they're not coming to the shows. He's like, I yeah. make my, I try I to make my ticket prices reasonable. Yeah, I try to make my ticket prices reasonable for people to come out. You know, and then like she gets criticized online by her fans saying like, oh, ticket prices be so high, it's hard to get places. You know, if you come in the middle of a week, I have to work the next day. If you come on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or a Thursday, like, I, it's hard. You know, I don't have the, I just don't have it to do that with you. And that's something you have to understand as an artist. But no one's like, nah, fuck that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be on stage and have a bunch of white people call me nigger 
uh, for a whole night. Yeah, I mean that's her art. She she deserves to like yeah, you can express it any way you feel. Yeah, just straight yeah. up. That's that's something that's that's gonna, that's going to be hard to break when it's like oh, basically when you put a ticket in, it's on sales. Like you can't say only black people can go. Yeah, you can't. You, 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 I, you, I just you, remember you just, you oh, when I went to a Chance the Rapper concert in Tampa. And it's, the, it's on the stage and having a whole crowd. And you saw there's a lot of white people. Grits, nigga. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and having like so many people just screen, like just looking around the whole the stadium. concert I went to. Yeah, looking around the whole stadium, having so many people like just say the word nigga, saying like, I know the word nigga's coming. I'm just looking around and saying all the people like this. And I'm just, like, just scaring me. And I was like, ooh. And I was like, damn. I had, I had a moment of myself, damn. Can I fight every white person in here? No, I can't. So I now am I just gonna feel? Am I just gonna say fuck it and just go with it and enjoy myself, or am I just gonna sit here and feel awkward because nigga says nigga in like every fucking song? You feel me? Yeah. So and it's like you like is in in a way are you gonna just start, are you just gonna stop saying nigga in your music? No, I don't no. want to do that because no. again, like if I'm making this song for black people. That's what I'm making a song for. You feel me? Like I'm dig- that word. I'm assuming you uh, you made use that word for a purpose, right? You know, maybe for an exclamation point, maybe for. And it's like you know, all my niggas, all my niggas in here. I love all y'all. Like if Boosie performs, man, I love my niggas, and all my niggas love me, right? If Boosie performs that, and there's a bunch of white people out there, like. It's just different. Yeah, it's like I know what Bootsy means when he's using that word. I'll be damned if I sit there and some white people standing there trying to link arms with me, like, yeah, I love my. Like, nah, man, no. Get off me. Yeah. Yeah. But Bootsy, I also think he'd be hard pressed to find a lot of white people at a Bootsy concert. Because he makes no, it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. People, white people love Lil Bootsy. White people do love Lil Bootsy. But, no, let me see. But um, shit. On the subject matter of uh, things that may or may not be for white people, Ashton, you saw Queen and Slim. I did to go see Queen and Slim last Slide. weekend. Uh, How did you feel night. about it? I haven't seen it. I've only seen the think pieces surrounding it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Josh, have you seen it? No. Do you plan on going to go see it? No. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um. I love the movie, right? As far as like a movie shot in a direction, loved every minute of it, right? So um, the director, Malina Matasokas, she directed a lot of episodes of Insecure. She directed Formation for Beyonce, and she's done some uh, some other directorial stuff, right? So the movie is shot almost like a music video. Sometimes, like the very it's very close up, intimate shots of, on faces. So it reminded you of Belly. Yes, there's a scene that's damn near word shot for shot a scene from Belly. Yeah. Like when I've been hearing like Belly and Moonlight. Yeah, the whole movie's Belly. Like damn near pays homage to Belly and Moonlight. So in Belly, we, cinematically, when, when everyone's least. like shaded in blue, but um, when Keisha shaded in blue in Belly, the first time you see her, she's laying on her bed. There's a scene where they're sitting on the bed and every the every, all the lighting is in blue. Like the shot is almost like, if you put. The scene from Belly Up and the scene from uh, Queen of Slim Up and see how the shots are constructed, it was damn near shot for shot. I was like, oh, yeah. That's why, once again, Belly, most influential movie of the 20th century, 21st century, whatever. Right? So that's great. Um, I feel like she almost went to the 
Spike Lee's uh, School of Movie Making. Yeah. Because, you know, Spike Lee, one of Spike Lee's tropes, black people dancing. There's an extended scene where it's like, okay, it's a short scene. Okay, um, they're on the run, and they stop at a bar. They stop at this little uh, juke joint, right? There's live music, and they're just dancing. It could have been a quick five minutes. That's like a good, it's like a good 10, 15-minute scene of them. They're getting drinks. They're dancing. They're opening up the dancing with each other. You see other black people dancing. It's, you know, you see... Uh, all these different types of black people in their dance. And then at some point, it comes to the realization, oh, wait, everyone in here knows that we're on the run for killing the cop. But this is, a, but they let them know, oh, this is a safe space. And, they, and for a minute, all this tension they have is able to break. And they were just able to dance and enjoy themselves. And it was, like, very nice to see. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is something Spike Lee strives to do in a lot of his movies. When he, if there's a dance scene, it's an extended dance scene and seeing black people just be happy dancing. There's a shot like, shots like that, right? <clears throat> Another great shot in the movie is there's this point where there's a protest going on in the name of Queen of Slim in the streets. And while Queen of Slim themselves, they're at a graveyard because they just visited her mother's um, grave, right? So then they start having sex in the car right outside the graveyard while the protest is going on. And then it's these constant shots are going. Ain't protesting that pussy. (laughs) (laughs) So these constant shots of them going back and forth. Putting the pussy in the coffin. So these constant shots of them going back and forth between the protest and all these black people like standing up to the police and watching with signs and screaming and yelling. And the police start to throw tear gas. And then you'll cut. Right back to them, and she's like riding him, and you know it's, it's very sexual. You see, you know, see, see nipple like it's a full on like. Damn, you see nipples? Yeah. All right. Yeah, like they're really going as a. Like, all, oh, right, all right. I like, know he said, oh, he's really sucking her titty. Like, oh man, this is. <laughs> and it's like, it, and it's this weird thing because like as soon it's as movie you, magic, but as, as soon as you think you're about to get aroused from the sex scene, it comes back to the protest, and then you got feelings. It's uh, maybe anger, maybe this depression, maybe you know whatever. However, seeing protest videos makes you feel. You start to feel that, and before you Triggered. get to. Yeah, and but before you get too deep in that, it switches back to the sex scene, right? And it, go, it just keeps going, cutting back and forth, back and forth. And then it's the scene, which is probably the most controversial, one of the two most controversial scenes in the movie. There's this young boy that they meet earlier or whatever, but to make a long story short, it's this young kid, and for no real reason, he pulls out a gun and shoots a black cop in the head. He's a young black boy, and she's a young black cop, and they, all the black cop is trying to get him to say, like, go home. If you don't go home, I'm going to have to arrest you. Please. Like, he's pleading, I don't want to do this. I, I Just please just go home. And the black kid's like, no, I want to. No, I'm here. I'm standing right here. I'm right here. Then he pulls the gun out, and then the black cop's trying to calm him down, and he picks the gun up, boom, shoots him in the head, right? And right, and like, you see that, and it's like, and you jump, and then right as you jump in, it cuts back to the scene, and they're having their climax together. And it's just like, bro, what? The and it, it leaves you so confused. And it's excellent because it's like, oh, how do you it's like one of those things that you don't know how to feel in this moment. So much is going on. And when I look at protest videos, that's how I feel. Like it's so many things going on in this one moment. I don't know how to process any of this. And that was great. For me personally, I was like, oh man, how this scene is constructed. How you did this was great. The editing of this was great, right? But that speaks to some of the problems of the movie is that, like, why did you have to show a young black boy killing a cop? Like, that whole scene could have been avoided. He didn't have to like, do what that. Was, like, what was the actual point of that? Like, there, were there, like, did, you, did it show, like, the consequences of those actions? You find out later, yeah, he got killed. 
by the cops. No. Yeah, they just kind of mentioned it. But you didn't on. have to show you can you can show him you can show him being at the protest and but you can still show him that he got he's killed. Gonna do something because in the movie before then before this case, the reason the little boys are important because they uh, one of the car breaks down, and when the car is broken down, they have to take it to a shop, and the guys are oh I know who y'all are, but I don't believe you just one but I don't believe in what y'all did was right. Y'all didn't have to kill that cop, but I'm not gonna snitch on you, but I'm gonna charge you full price. And extra to keep quiet, cause you know capitalism. So he said, you should. So he told his son to go, like, go take them down to the lake and get them out of here, cause I can't work, cause they annoying me. Right? It's too hot. Yeah. So he takes them down there, just talking. He's saying like, "Oh, y'all queen, I can't believe y'all really here. Like this is crazy. Like y'all, man, I hope y'all make it. You know, y'all, and even if y'all don't, y'all, y'all, gonna, y'all gonna be immortal." And he was like, "Immortal." Nah, he's like, man, you know, I want to be immortal too. And I was like, you know, you want to be immortal? He's like, I just want people to remember me. He's like, man, as long as your family remembers you, that's all that matters. And that's actually the central theme of this movie. Immortality, and as long as your people remember you, that's all that matters, right? See, on the other hand, I don't believe in that. Yeah, that's, and that's perfectly fine. Because, so, like, <laughs> that that just that just boosts the stereotype that, like, hey, you know, if you go out there and do some shit, like, go ahead and die. You'll live forever. Like, that... Like, it's, that's not that's not a positive message to be like reinforcing. Like there's so many people who go out here and like they bust their ass and then like you know what I'm saying they lose their life over nothing and it's just like oh you're a hashtag like you, you will be remembered and it kind of like it almost gives credence and support to these people killing us mm-hmm. for no reason and we just end up becoming like oh well you got immortalized so. Yeah, it, yeah, that's I that's think, good. I, like that's what we have to look forward to. Yeah, like we don't actually get to live. Like we live a life under attack. Yeah, I think in the writers' room, I think someone brought up the quote: "You die. You don't die the day they put you in the ground. You die the last time someone speaks your name." And I think they took that quote and then they made a movie about it. You feel me? Because like, <coughs> if you haven't guessed by now, at the end of the movie, both of them die. And it's sudden. Do, 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 do. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sudden, and then like you don't like you don't really expect it because the whole time like you think they're going to escape, and they're literally right there, and then they both get gunned down, right? And set it off song. The second one, yeah. Okay. And it's like whoa, like it didn't even to get to a point. Okay, maybe one of them would die. It's like oh no, the one I thought was going to die didn't die. All right, the other one has to make it. Nah, they don't end up in jail. No, they just get no. shot down in the streets, right? And then after that scene's over, you see people wearing their shirts. You see their posters being put it up. You see, you see, you see them having a memorial service of them and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, I should feel good about that, right? Yeah, and it's like, and it, you don't feel good about it, but she's like, okay, their legacy lives on, and that's another point they kept Is that saying, enough for you? No, it's. I feel conflicted. I l- enjoyed the movie for how it shot. But seeing black people on screen for the acting in it, right, right. I love every all the aspects about the movie, particularly the message in the movie. I didn't care for. So in my when, my other thing is like, uh, Lena Waithe. She's basically been saying like, yeah, you know, this is nothing like you know anything that you've seen. Like this is this is a unique take. Like I'm not doing the type of shit that people are doing. And then yeah, uh, the movie was from built, what I've seen. I'm the like movie, this, the movie was built as a, this is black people fighting back, right? Like, okay, 
you know what happens when a cop kills us and that's I mean that's that's what like, I that's what I got from the film. You, that's what you saw. That's what you I think. think it's the tra- that's, that's what I got from the trailer. Yeah, from, the, it's not yeah, that, from the trailer, boom, they go on the run and then it's like oh, all these black people are helping them. It's this careful thing. They go down to New Orleans. They see uh, that's when they meet the char- uh, Bokeem uh, Woodbine's character, and Evil Dave Chappelle. Yeah, he's if you don't he's know. Like, honestly, he's hilarious. And he looks so much like Dave Chappelle, and he's like doing like a voice inflection kind of like Dave Chappelle does. He's like, bro, because we all thought this nigga was Dave Chappelle. (laughs) We didn't think he was Dave Chappelle, and we didn't think Dave Chappelle was him. We just thought they were both the same guy. (laughs) We didn't know who either one of them were at the time. Yeah, yeah, especially growing up. So the whole time I was like, bro, am I sure? Are you sure this isn't Dave Chappelle? (laughs) It looks enough like him. He's the evil twin, and Dave Chappelle is evil, so. Yeah, and that's a whole point when they're in New Orleans in that part. That's that's a great. The whole segment right there is awesome. Like that's when I saw the uh, the blue scene as there. You see, um, they're taking the uh, braids out, which the first time I saw that was in Creed. This is one of those things like, oh man, black people sitting on the table, just oh, seeing yeah, black nice people things. Yeah, it's like oh, seeing black people take braids. Let's out. Let's gun them down in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> seeing black people take braids out in a movie is just like a, a thing. Yeah, it's like oh wow, right. And then it also gets to one with King Woman. He uh. He, he bitch slaps one of his because he's a pimp, and he like bitch slaps one of his prostitutes. I'm like, this one's like, oh man, did you really have to show you know woman to be okay? We get he's Low a pimp. Domestic violence. We already know there's a pimp. You know, you had to show. Yeah, let him, him know he's one of those. They should just pimps. slap a wild trigger warning on this shit. Like, yeah, you didn't. Did you have to show him slapping the woman? Like, you didn't have to do that. And then before, but thing is, the scene before that, damn near the scene right before that, they say one of his, uh, one of his prostitutes. Who's also plays on um oh uh, what's that show on FX? Pose. She's like one of the main characters on Pose. She's uh, Oh uh India Moore? Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think she also played the prostitute on Pose. So it's just they're playing the same character. Anyway, <coughs> I think she says that, like, yeah, you know, he needs us. And it's like, why you and uh Queen, she's like, Why why you say that? He's like, Oh, because when he's out there in the world. The world treats him like shit, like he ain't shit. But when he's here around us, we treat him like a king, and that's what he needs. So he needs us the same more than we need him. And it's like this kind of touching moment is like, oh man, it makes you look, you know, maybe this whole pimp prostitute thing, maybe it's like, give what? me a different. <laughs> no. yeah. What? And then that sounds fucking terrible. No, yeah, it's and still then literally it's the very next scene. Like, and then it's like, it makes it seem like they, they have this loving, caring relationship for one another. And then the very next scene, he pimps like he pimps like one of his one of his prostitutes. Yeah, let's not get it like, twisted. Whoa. It's still sex trafficking. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, if you got consenting adults, then do what you do. If you signed up, I'm like, you know, if that's what you chose to be and you wanted to be a sex worker. But in in the in the profession, there's always there's always the caveat that, that, that you're not that you're not really choosing. Yeah. I mean, if it, when you add a third party as a of a pimp, that's what makes the whole transaction look. That's what that's what makes it bad, right? Yeah. Anyway, so even that, but still, the scenes are shot very well. It's like okay, it's still this weird feeling. And then um, the biggest twist, if you want to say, the movie is right after Queen and Slim get shot. The guy who took him there's a black man. He has dreads. He has golds. He's riding around in a, in a box Chevy. You feel me? They smoking weed. It's like it's good. He drops them off. He takes them to a point where they're trying to go. It's where the plane they're trying to get to because they're trying to escape to Cuba. And he drops them off, and at some point in time before that, you found out that they got two hundred fifty thousand dollars on their head each. That's a, that's the bounty on their head, right? So after you see him get shot, 
right after, right after that, the very next scene, you flash back to him when he's at in his trailer, and he's counting up all the money he got for turning them in. So there's the two points I saw when people walked out of the theater. The first time when they got shot, half the people in my theater got up and started walking towards the exit, and they were so like they were vis- they were violently upset. Like I did not want to see this. I wanted them to make it. You gave me all this hope just to rip it away from me. And then the second part was seeing another black man sh- sell him out. That's when people literally started just walking towards it. You know, people got up and like walked right, towards I'm the out. door. Like, all right, <laughs> fuck it. I'm out. I'm out. Like it, 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 no, it doesn't like matter they, what happens after that. They basically got catfished. Or is this nigger yeah. fishing? Like, what's, like, what's well, up? It's not nigger fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I don't, I don't know, dog. Like, it's, it, it is, like I said, the movie is a big ass trigger warning. If, if you, as a black person, don't want to go to a movie to see black people get shot or see black people be abused or anything like that, I've seen the oh, word I mean, trauma porn be thrown thrown around. I don't. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Said, I, I don't said know about necessarily call boy, it trauma porn. The but little boy, no, because not excessive. Like the movie Detroit, that's trauma porn. That's excessive. Just seeing someone give right. Uh, Passion of the Christ, that's trauma porn. Right. It's like, all right, let me just show you how abusive this thing can get. Uh, reveling it. It's not that. The movie is not that. But if you were going into the movie to see a, a triumphant movie about black people, because it is at the end of the day, it is a love story, right? You see two people on their first date go from I'm about, I'm about to take you home to damn, we just killed a cop. And I don't know you from a can of paint for real, for real. And now we've got to leave from Cleveland, Ohio. We got to drive down to New Orleans to hide out for a little while. And then from New Orleans, you're driving, you're driving eastward. They even make a stop in the Savannah, Seapoat Dirty. And then from Seapoat Dirty. And then from Savannah, you're driving down to Florida as you're trying to, you're driving down from uh, to Miami, from Savannah to Miami. And you're trying to escape, you're trying to get a plane to escape to Cuba, right? So over the course, you see them fall in love. You see Wait, them, so they died in Florida? Yeah. They literally died right there. Oh my God. Yeah, so a Florida man. Of course, right? Did y'all see all this shit that happened in Florida with the UPS man? That shit was, and like the this, shit was ter- this shit was terrible. That's yeah. just fucking terrible. Yeah, it is. Like, I don't know. Yeah. On top of banning guns, we should probably try and demilitarize the police. But that's no, a no, different no. story. You demilitarize the, the police before for you ban guns. Yes, definitely. That's the, that's the first thing. <laughs> that's that's most important. But you know. <laughs> Who am I? Yeah, but so is so you see them as they go from this first date, and even like every time they make a stop, because that's the one they keep making dumbass stops. If you're on the run, you think you're gonna stop to ride a horse? Because you never rode a horse before. But it's like, at the same time, it's like okay, it's like they want to do all these things they always want to do. Because at every turn, they, this could be our last shot. Bro, they got horses in Cuba. <laughs> yeah. Or do you think? Or if you're on the run, you think you're gonna stop to dance? Just plenty of dance in Cuba. I'm out day one. I'm out. Yeah, and then it's funny because one of them be like, "All right, bro, we can't do this. We can't do this." And it's like, "Nah, man, nah, I need to do this." All right, fuck. They do it, and then the very next scene, the other one who was just telling them how we should, we don't need to make any more stops. The other one comes back and is like, "Hey, man, I didn't really need to do this. What are you just telling me? Not no more stops." Nah, but we gotta make this stop. So they stop so many times, and every time they make a stop. It's like, oh, okay, this is what a date would be like. And then towards the end, then you see them have sex. And it's like, oh, towards the end, they go from two people who didn't like each other in the beginning of the movie to like now they're like in love. And you know, even Queen looks at looks at Slim at the end is like, can I be? I'll be your legacy, right? And then she gets shot, like straight shot to the titty, 
dead. Damn. And you're just like, whoa. A lot of titty action in this movie. Yeah, and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> and then, so Slim, he picks her up, and he just starts walking toward the cops with their like, dead body in his arms. And then he's, and then that's the set it off style, filled that nigga with bullets. And it's just like, and you see it. It's not like the camera pans away, and like you hear it. Like it's like you see it, and it's just like like Jay Z. Yeah, and he's just like fuck. Another great thing about this movie is the soundtrack. Soundtrack's great. Boston. Yeah, how the, how the movie shot, how this black people's skin literally pops off the screen. You see a dark skinned black man with a dark skinned black woman. You know she's a it's. That's what makes it exciting to draw in, and like yeah, it's, it's, I feel like a lot of people were let down by it. it's like, wow, what was the execution on this movie? Yeah, like for what they were, tra- they executed what they were trying to do. It's just that is this the message you want? Is this what you wanted to see? You feel me? And for that, I can see why people wouldn't like or enjoy this movie. But for what I like to see, as far as on the screen, you feel me? It's like, oh man, if you could take everything, if someone could watch this movie. And take all the aspects of this movie and just put it in a different movie, it'd be great. Like, I don't know. You could have just made it a love story. You didn't have to, you know, you didn't ha- you didn't have to kill them. And then when people criticize them for killing, it's like, well, there's plenty of martyrs out here. You're trying to it's almost like they're making a movie about glorifying martyr martyrism. You feel me? Like dying for the cause, dying, you know, trying, fighting back, but dying in the end. Is noble, and it comes as a cold question of: Do you believe in a noble death? You feel me? So, yeah, it left me fucked up. Damn. I went with my homegirl Ashley, and literally after we saw the movie, we sat there through halfway through the credits, and then we walked slowly out. It was like I can't go home yet. <laughs> Again, we saw Thanksgiving, so we actually went to a Target on Black Friday and just walked around and talked. Mm. And talked about the movie because we couldn't like if we're I was watching like, people fist fight over a fucking toaster in the was background. Was it was it like um uh what was sorry it? to bother you sorry to bother you? Where it's just it like you just like people fucked was just up. like people left the movie like what, what the, the fuck? fuck what the fuck did I no, just uh, watch? It was Not a, like a oh my god it, that was whoa it, it was a collective depression like everyone everybody no, was just kind of like horse cocks yeah, no, yeah <laughs> no, nobody was laughing nobody was nobody was smiling everyone was kind of walking around like yo. This was some heavy shit, and it's almost like you wanted to hug it. Like if you if you caught eyes with somebody else that was in that movie, yeah. Like in a parking lot, you always want to be like, "Yo, you straight?" Yeah, yeah. Like if someone was like stopping, you see like tears falling out. Somebody, you like stop the hey man. It's like something like I felt like I needed a group therapy session. Like everyone after that after you see that movie, it's all right. Someone needs to walk. A therapist needs to walk into the front. It's all right. Who wants to talk about the feelings they just experienced and things they've seen? Like it's it's one of those, right? And I think it's a lot to do because you see, you don't get a chance to see black people portrayed this way. And to have them killed right in front of you is kind of like, bruh, what the fuck, right? But I do think it's a movie you should go see. I enjoy. I enjoyed the movie. for. I enjoy the movie for what it is, not the message that's in it, if that makes sense. You feel me? Yeah, man. Yeah, I had to go. We walked around for like another hour just talking about the movie, talking about the parts we liked, the parts we didn't like, the problems with it. And then I went and read. Cause I saw a lot of articles like disparaging the movie. And then when I saw it, I was like, okay, I get it. And then I read the articles. like, okay, I see what y'all mean. You feel me? Hmm. 
Yeah, man. Okay. Well, uh, one more black movie. Well, two more black movies I wanted to touch on because they're on Netflix right now. Is Malcolm X? That's on there. You should definitely go watch that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. And then uh, Love and Basketball. <laughs> and Love Jones. And Love Jones. That's shit. That's another one. Not Jones. Bro, yes. those Jones movies are Love. chock full of all the fucking mega black stars that exist right now. Yeah. Like, shit, Love and Basketball had um, Sanaya Lathan, Omar Epps, the All-State Man, <laughs> uh, Gabrielle Union was in there as like a side character. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's deep. Like Malcolm X as a young Denzel. A young, hungry Denzel. Or Spike Lee. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you got some you got some Love good Jones has the Lorenz Tate, uh host of other black characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nia Long. Nia Long. Nia yeah. Long, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Bill Bellamy. Yeah, Bill name? Bellamy is yeah, a yeah, yeah. You know? So for, yeah. for your nineties tip. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Uh, did you want to hit on Intergalactic by Kid Cudi? It's an album and it's a show and it's happening and Kid Cudi's excited about it. I'm excited about it. I'm also excited about it. The world is excited about it. Like we, people know what's up. You know what's up at this point. You know what's up. Yeah. And if you have epics, watch Godfather of Harlem. It is a great show. Mm-hmm. Starring Forrest Whitaker. That's Bumpy Johnson. Yeah, uh, we probably don't have time for this episode, but I by the next episode, I would have finished uh, The Wire Season 1. Oh, shit. And I love the show. My God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah. can't wait to go. I can't wait to get into that. Because, like, I was, I would see the box set of this movie. I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll really get Because I like I liked the, I liked the third season. And I only like the third season. And I've only seen certain episodes of the other seasons. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's definitely one of those shows where you can't just come in the middle and just like think you think that you understand. No, you if you watch it from the beginning to the end, it's different. So I might mm-hmm. I'll probably have to I'll, next time I see it I probably have to. You grab. said you just finished the first season. I'm a, by the next episode I would have finished uh, I would have finished the first season of The Wire. Okay, but I fucked up and started watching the second season because I've seen the first no, season oh, multiple oh, times. Oh, 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 and yeah. Everybody universally the second season's not it's not the one it's really? not it. You know the thing is it's not that is that the second season focuses on white people. Yeah, so it's like all the characters you just got addict uh, so. Attached to, they're still in the second season, but they're more so playing the background, and it shows the bigger drug game. And like, okay, it it, it was like all these drugs are in Baltimore. The second season focuses on how these drugs are getting into Baltimore, and how this shit is deeper than just black people. This is more than just a black person problem. You feel me? Oh, I guess I, I guess I'll judge for myself when I when I get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, I'm really, I'm really, really, because I already like the third season, and I'm really, really, really like the the, the first season. So yeah, like I'm, I'm reading the book. Um, behind it, it's basically a book about the wire and the making of the wire as the like interviews and stuff. And they pretty much said like, yeah, the ratings were kind of low, so we thought maybe we had to bring in a bigger, a more white characters to try to bring in a wider audience, to try to build an audience base, and it still didn't. Pan out, so then he went back right back to the trombone with season three. Oh man, but yeah, uh, well, not to see. Like I, I personally, I enjoyed the second season. That's yeah. I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably will like it, but um, I'll definitely need. I'll probably want to get in more in depth because I, I, it's, it's a, it's a lot to it because uh, 
there's like the acts because like there's the there's like the writing of the show, how the show was directed, how the show was no, shot. All that stays exactly and then, the and, same. And then yeah. the story of the show because again, like I watched the show when I was in high school, and now I have a different perspective on mm-hmm. pretty much everything. And now I'm watching the second. Now I'm watching the first season to really understand what the show really is, and you know, understanding like you know. Direct, I guess, like understanding film, have a better understanding of film and how things are shot and put together. Um, I definitely have a different pre- appreciation that I would want to, uh, uh, I guess, like talk about next episode. Yeah, oh, that was great. We got a whole wire marathon episode. Like, I love the wire. Yeah, the wire. Yeah, like, bet, bet. Well, this was an epic episode of Three Feet Set Podcast. This is episode 42. You know what I'm saying? I uh, appreciate everybody for coming through. Uh, we got a new logo. New drip, yes. who this? Fuck with us. Uh, Shouts out to Sassy. She's not with us right now, but you know, it's all love. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as always, you can find arms of an angel. Yeah, you can follow <laughs> me on uh, Twitter at SpeedwagonX. You can follow us all collectively at Three Piece Set Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, you know, make sure you like, subscribe, leave comments, and all that good shit. Ashton, yes. where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ash underscore Duh underscore Stampede, uh, A underscore Sun Ten everywhere else. Or just follow me on Three Piece Set Pod. Yeah, just do that. Yeah, that's a good one. Josh. Uh, I know Jones everywhere. Everywhere. All places. All places. Shouts out to Dead End Studios. And as always, it's been a No It's Good production. No, no, no.